Hi, this is Laura. And this is Nikki with the Stardust Society, inspiring you to stop getting in your own way and start building an art biz and life that you love. We are artists who believe strongly in the power of community, accountability, following your intuition, taking small, actionable steps, and breaking down the barriers of fear and procrastination that keep you stuck. Follow along with us on our creative business journey as we encourage you on yours. So Laura, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about art supply addiction. (laughs) Oh, that's a big one. In fact, I think that you and I can both join Art Supply Addicts Anonymous because I think we're at the top of the addict spectrum on this one. Uh, I've seen your place and I can attest to it. It is absolutely true. You haven't seen my place yet, so you're just going to have to take my word for it. I will. But yes, you've seen mine and you understand. I think I have a Michael's store, a Dick Blick store. All of it's in my house. Right, right. But you have a very well-organized addiction. You have stacks of bins of like products organized very well, and you know where to find everything. Mine is just random piles of utter chaos. Plastic storage might be my middle name. I have a lot of it. (laughs) I always say that there are way worse things to be addicted to than art supplies. Definitely. But really, how many types of watercolor does one person need to own? I mean, pans, check. Tubes, check. Pencils, check. Yes, three types of pencils, mind you. (laughs) And you just never know. Only three? Well, this is only watercolor pencils. There are many other types of pencils. Let's be clear. So you never know if one brand's magenta might just be slightly different than the other brand. And so you might as well buy them both. You may have a problem. <laughs> well, this this addiction goes hand in hand, I think, with color addiction. I mean, there are 358 colors of Copic markers, and I must have them all. (laughs) I mean, why do we get so fascinated by the rainbow spectrum? And what is it that keeps us searching for the next thing that's going to magically take our art to the next level? Well, now I don't know, because I probably have 50 different kinds of black pen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the rainbow addiction. I have the addiction. But not rainbow. But it's not rainbow. In fact, really the only color in my art is digital. But when I'm pen on paper, it's almost always black. Wow. So for me, I am addicted to quinacridone magenta. I am addicted to teal. I'm addicted to nickel azo gold. These are all beautiful colors of paint and watercolor. Um, I'm addicted to indigo. Opera pink. Oh, my gosh. I'm so addicted to opera pink. I'm going to stop you before we list every (laughs) single color that's in existence. And I'm going to say, really, although I'm not as addicted to color as you are, the same could really be said about books, sketchbooks, technique books, Mm -hmm. any kind of book an artist wrote is probably on my shelf. (laughs) Don't even get me started about how many blank sketchbooks I have on my shelves. Yeah, I think I have 50. So just to make you feel a little bit better about yourself. Only 50? (laughs) 
I'm going to have to put a photo in the show notes of all the books that I am surrounded with on my bookshelves right now. I think we both need to put embarrassing photos into the show notes. So I'm okay I'll with co- that. I'll commit to doing that too. It's it's pretty bad. I'm okay with us embarrassing <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> we do it on a regular basis. So Right. And it's not just art supplies. It's not just books. Courses. Fonts. How many Procreate oh. brushes do you have? A few. <laughs> I, I, okay. I just have to say anything that Lisa Glanz puts out, I have to buy immediately because she's so phenomenal. Anybody who yeah. doesn't follow Glanz graphics, you got to check her out. Her stuff is so amazing. And <laughs> yeah, so I do buy a lot. But funny enough, I don't use them all. I mean, I have them there. I don't use them all. Right. I've I've actually bought not quite as many as you have, but I, I've acquired a few. And really... I use one and it's one of the ones that's built right into Procreate and it's the technical pen, which is exactly how I draw when I draw in pen and ink on paper. I use one Uniball Signo pen. <laughs> yeah. So the technical pen's kind of like a, a micron pen, right? Right. So why don't you share with me what your favorite art supplies are? So black pens, we've got that down. But Right, but it's not just any black pen. It's oh. a very specific black pen. It is okay. the Uniball. Signo. Mm -hmm. And there are two sizes that I love. It's a 0.38 and a 0.28. The finer, the better. And the finer Mm -hmm. one you can only get from Japan. (laughs) I've done a few orders from Japan. I get it. (laughs) Right, right. So they make the um, best pens. Yeah. So I am in love with the Uniball Signo. Um, my other favorite art supplies are a moleskin Japanese album, the accordion fold sketchbook. Um, it comes in a pocket size that's like three by five and it comes in like a a five and a half by eight, I think size. And those are, those are amazing because you can Mm -hmm. do just one continuous drawing for months and months and months. You showed me one. You showed me one of yours that had black and white. It had women and gardens and florals and botanicals. Oh, there's not just one. Oh, wow. As I said in episode seven, when we talked about art challenges, I actually filled five or six of them. I may be a little bit obsessive. (laughs) You never. No, never. So uh, my favorite art supplies, I am a huge fan of Copic markers. You know, I've been teaching Copic classes for over 10 years now. Tell me about Copic markers because I've never used them. So what I love about Copic markers, they are an alcohol-based marker, which means they dry rather quickly. The Copic ink pushes around and blends seamlessly, which is very different than, let's say, a water-based marker that will leave a lot of streaks. I mean, there are times when you might like to have that in your art, right? That texture. Mm-hmm. But what's great about the Copic markers is you can get this really smooth blended gradient and create gorgeous, gorgeous colors. So people okay. love to use it in the comic book world, you know, in manga, in those types of illustrations and drawings. Um, I use them in my own classes that I teach with digital stamps and with we normally do greeting card designs. We do one a month all together on Zoom. Mm -hmm. which is super fun. And I'm also working on making some offerings available online in the future. Cool. That people can take whenever they want. But I just absolutely love these markers because they do come in the spectrum of the rainbow and you learn all about 
color layering. And it's just so fun because you can sit in front of the TV and do it. You know, it's not super messy. But Um, I want to know how many you have. I have them all. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a special case for them that's nice and organized where they all fit inside. It's kind of beautiful. Of course I might have to give you a photo to share. A little OCD about that, maybe. (laughs) Just a little bit. Now, when it comes to other mediums, I love watercolor. And I do think that it's important when you can to purchase fewer art supplies that are of higher quality. And I think if anybody could have given me advice years ago, I kind of wish they would have said that to me because I went out and bought everything that I could find that was in my perhaps my price range at the time to have like the most colors and the most things when in reality I could have done with a lot less, but just having it be higher quality. Right. Uh, So I'm a big fan of Arches, 100% cotton watercolor paper. I think it's beautiful. I love the cold press. I love, love, love Rosemary & Co. brushes. This is a British company. You might be able to find them in some art shops where they might They might be sold somewhere in the United States, for example, but I order them online Mm -hmm. and they make more than just watercolor brushes, but their watercolor brushes are fantastic. And they make a particular one that's a round sable brush that is a travel brush. And what I particularly love about the travel brushes is that they have a metal protective cover on them. Have you seen those, Nikki? Yeah, I've seen them. They basically come apart and you can store the half with the brush inside of the metal handle. And that way, when you travel, you can protect that expensive brush tip that you just spent a chunk of change on. <laughs> so speaking of travel brushes, how do you feel about the, um, the watercolor brushes that hold water? Have you used uh, those? I like those. I like those. I've used those in classes before, in watercolor classes that I've taught. And I think they can be great. They... There, it's a cheap way to mm-hmm. to dive into watercolor, and they do make sense if you're out doing urban sketching, for example. Right. And for those that aren't familiar with urban sketching, we'll put a link to the the urban sketchers group in the show notes. But that's where people go out into the world and draw what they see. They they mm-hmm. draw architecture. They might draw the the coffee you're having that morning at the cafe. You know, it's just getting out or the and building really seeing across the, world. the street from you. Exactly. And so with that. Not having to have water with you, like a tub of water, is really essential. So when you're traveling, that's super useful to be able to have. Yeah. I also use a collapsible one that I really like. It's a cup for watercolor that you can collapse down, and then you can just go to the restroom and fill it up, you know, if you're out and about somewhere. That's cool. I love Daniel Smith watercolor paints because, I mean, you can paint with amethyst, for heaven's sake. So I'm I'm not a big watercolor person, but again, as I talked about in the challenge episode, I have these Fabriano watercolor cards, basically, mm-hmm. that they're not they're not heavy duty enough for some serious watercolor painting, mm-hmm. but they're great for drawing and light washes. So what I did when I did all my nude drawings mm-hmm. was the pen and ink drawings on the paper, and then I just added a little bit of watercolor. Uh, probably using those brushes that hold water. Right. And right. yeah, and just added a little light wash of color here and there. Well, sometimes just a hint of it is really nice. It got me kind of excited about learning to do more watercolor, which one of these days I'll do. <laughs> 
Well, now you know what supplies to buy when you're ready. I do. I'll just (laughs) refer back to your list. So one of the other things that we both truly share a passion for in our art supplies is our iPads and Apple Pencils. Oh my gosh. I cannot (laughs) live without my iPad Pro and my Apple Pencil. Well, I probably could, but why would I want to? (laughs) (laughs) When I started out, uh, and it's sort of ironic, right? Because I have an entire condo that's full of art supplies. (laughs) Like, not just a few, like thousands of dollars worth Uh of art supplies. Uh Uh-huh. And yet I spend 90% of my time on my iPad. Same, same. (laughs) But I love it because it's so easy to take with you. They've built it in such a way now with apps like Procreate. And, you know, that could be another episode where I think we will talk just about all of the different apps that we love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The different tools that we use. But there's some amazing apps that can mimic real paint. Mm-hmm. It can mimic things. It like it'll look like you just did a watercolor painting and you did it digitally right. with a pencil and this iPad. You can take it on a plane. Um in fact, I did half of my portrait challenges on planes. <laughs> and and I think I entertained half the plane because they couldn't figure out what the heck I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it definitely is an amazing tool to have and it also syncs so nicely with your computer so that if you are working on surface pattern design and maybe you want to work on Adobe Illustrator, you can actually just take something from your iPad and Mm -hmm. shift it over to Adobe Illustrator in about five seconds. Yep. Yep. So what other mediums do you enjoy working with, Nikki? Well, my other really big love, which sadly, as I talked about before, is on the back burner for now, is encaustic. Mm -hmm. And um I know a lot of people don't know what encaustic is, so I'll give you a little brief description. Encaustic is a painting medium that's made out of beeswax. So where other, I know you've done some. I have. In the past, but you're not currently doing it either. (laughs) Right. I did it about 10 years ago before I got a dog who wanted to stick his nose in the wax, the hot wax all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I just tell people when they buy an encaustic piece that the cat hair is free. (laughs) But anyway, so encaustic is a painting medium that the the actual medium is beeswax and DeMar resin crystals, which come from pine trees. Um, So like watercolor, the medium is water. Oil paints, the medium is linseed oil, usually. Encaustic, the medium is beeswax. But like, unlike other painting mediums, you paint with it when it's molten. You heat it up and you paint with it when it's liquid and then it cools instead of dries. So it's very different from any other kind of medium. And it's got its own set of challenges and it's fun. And it also can act as a collage medium. You can embed things into the wax. You can paint with Mm -hmm. it like it's any other kind of painting medium. You can uh, transfer images onto the surface. You can be smooth or textural. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's brilliant. Yeah, the the texture of it is, is what I was really attracted to. Mm-hmm. And as well as the transparency. So the you transparency can have, is amazing. You can have layers and layers and layers of right. work that you can see through right. that is really amazing. But you do need to work in a very well-ventilated space to maybe be able we'll, to do maybe it. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on encaustic since it's something... <laughs> We're both so knowledgeable on and I'm still obsessed with. 
Um, but anyway, my favorite materials for working with encaustic are RNF paints and caustic medium. Um, they have beautiful, beautiful, beautiful paint colors, but I tend to not work with a lot of color and encaustic. Um, I mostly of course use, not. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, if you look at the the work I'm doing on my iPad, it's very, very colorful. But when it I'm, is anyway, I have many sides to me. <laughs> we um, all do. Yes, we do. But anyway, so RNF encaustic medium is my favorite. In fact, RNF paints out of Kingston, New York. Um, they're the first makers of encaustic paint in the modern world. And that's where I learned how to do encaustic. I took a, took a workshop up there. Oh, that's uh, cool. I've taken a couple of workshops from them. And um, their paints are like butter. They're, they they're are, just amazing. They're amazing. Hi, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other favorite encaustic tool is Paula Roland's Hot Box. And it's a box. So Paula Roland kind of is the queen of encaustic monotypes. And she's created this wooden box that is lit by, um, it's heated by actual light bulbs inside mm-hmm. and has an anodized aluminum top that you use to melt, to melt your wax, to melt your paint on a beautifully even surface. You can use it to do monoprints, which is what she developed it for but it's also just a great tool for melting your melting your wax and working with it cool and and the fact that it just uses light bulbs is yeah it's amazing it just uses 100 watt light bulbs to to heat it up so that's another one of my favorite supplies so i also am a big fan of acrylic paint and the golden acrylic paints to me are so wonderful Mm -hmm. the pigment load on them is so high and they have a fluid one that has all of this color, but it has a consistency that's thinner so that you can get this beautiful transparency by layering the colors on top of each other. And that to me is exquisite. The other thing I wanted to mention is when it comes to traveling, if you ever want to travel with a small art kit, especially for things like urban sketching, I really like the moleskin journals too. I have the watercolor moleskin journals. I think they're somewhat similar to the accordion fold ones that you've used in the past, Nikki. Yeah, I have some of their watercolor ones too. (laughs) Of course I do. Of course you do. And so I've really enjoyed doing my own work in those. And there's this satisfaction you get when you complete one. And let's be clear, I've only completed like 2% of the ones that I own. (laughs) Oh, I have so many sketchbooks that are about half full. (laughs) Why do we do that? We start like one sketchbook and then two drawings in, we move to the next one. Well, because A, we have that shiny object syndrome and the new one must be better, right? Right. And then we have that thing where we start things and don't finish them. So then we feel like when we start again, we need to start over. (laughs) So we should challenge ourselves to finish all our old sketchbooks. I think that would be a good plan. Yeah. I finished a couple of them in the last year, and it is really satisfying to be able to flip through Mm -hmm. and look at the whole thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think it would be really fun to to show a video of one of our completed ones that you can show everyone. Yeah, let's do that. So we'll we'll add that. Yeah, let's do that. So what are our takeaways from this episode? 
I mean, we could go on and on and on about all the art supplies we have because I'm sitting, I'm recording this in my studio right now. And then I realize, gosh, I haven't even talked about my Glowforge, which is a laser engraver, but we'll save that for another time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that there are a few takeaways. And one of the things that I'm personally doing is realizing how much that I already have and and I love it all. But for those of you that know Con Marie and the whole thing about sparking joy, all of it sparks joy for me. All of it? <laughs> Pretty much all of it. So what I do <laughs> every year, I go through and cull out what I'm not super attached to anymore. And I have a garage sale. And so when I have that garage sale, I'm able to give a little bit away every year that I wasn't willing to give away the, the year before. <laughs> But the problem is, is the amount of things that come in versus the amount of things that go out is never equal. (laughs) You know which direction it is, right? (laughs) Oh, I do. But the good news here is everything that you're buying Uh is a tax (laughs) (laughs) write-off. I'm running with that excuse and using that moving forward. (laughs) It's not an excuse. It's fact. There's no question there. So that's a great idea. And that brings me to something that I've been I've been wanting to do. Well, okay, so there's two things. In culling your supplies and trying to narrow it down and not accumulate all of them. You can donate and you can sell. So one mm-hmm. thing that I did last year was I put a big box together of supplies that I knew that I wasn't going to use and I donated it to our local Easter Seals art program. So you can find places, there's places all over that that would welcome your donated art supplies. Mm-hmm. Your local schools, women's shelters, YMCA, a community center, preschool, really any place that has kids or adults that What a great idea. Yeah. You know, at the at at the end of the garage sale that I had last year, I did donate the remainder to an arts association Mm -hmm. and then they were able to use those supplies so for me knowing that it's going to go to a good home makes it easier yes definitely (laughs) just knowing it's not you know somebody else is going to appreciate it with the passion that i appreciated it when i first bought it right and then the other thing that i've wanted to do which i was planning to do and then we had this little global pandemic pop up uh, oh, that thing. That thing. Um, I wanted to have a a studio sale where I invited people into my studio and I sold um, extra artwork that I have that didn't quite fit into a collection or just was remaining from from past sales and art supplies that I accumulated for a, a technique I got excited about but then mm-hmm. never followed through on. And um, so that's that's still, I think, a great idea to have a have a studio sale. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great idea. I think we should do one this year when we're able to do these things again. (laughs) Yes, that's the plan. We talked about having quality over quantity Mm -hmm. and how that's important. But I also think you shouldn't let that stop you from just getting started creating in something and using what you have available. I have seen phenomenal lettering artwork made with Crayola markers. <laughs> like, you know, probably, I don't know how much Crayola markers so wait, cost. So you but don't, you don't actually need the best of everything? 
You don't. You actually don't need the top best of everything. Now, is it more convenient and potentially can you have better results? Yes, but we also shouldn't fool ourselves that just by buying the most expensive thing, our, our work is magically going to get better. Right, right. That that comes from doing the work. Right. So the <laughs> trick the trick is when you can buy fewer great supplies rather than many lesser quality supplies, but don't let the lack of those great supplies stop you from using what you have on hand. Right. Just using exactly what you have on hand. And I know for me, I'm lucky that I have an entire Dick Blick store on hand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that brings me to one last takeaway. So you have an entire Dick Blick store. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What can you do to make sure that you're using what you have and don't get overwhelmed by it. That's really a great thing to think about. And I think one of the things to combat sort of the overwhelm Mm -hmm. of the amount of supplies that I have available is to create limits for myself. And so it could be giving myself a limited supply challenge Mm -hmm. and saying, you know what, I'm going to take this set of 12 watercolors, and I'm going to learn how to mix these together and create my own colors. And that's all I'm using for this. I'm not going to look at the other 50 things of watercolors (laughs) that I have. I'm just going to focus on this thing. And especially if maybe it's something I haven't used yet that's in my stash and saying, I'm going to, I I almost want to call it hashtag stash bash, (laughs) where I'm going to go through and, and shop from my own supplies. And when I see something on social media and see this beautiful new watercolor that somebody has used, I don't need to run out and buy that. Most of the time, I can create the exact same effect with what I already own. Yes, So giving myself those challenges, I think, is helpful. And I think it'd also be fun to create some challenges for yourself if you want to experiment in different mediums. And I may do this in the future, is to say, okay, I'm going to challenge myself to do 30 drawings of elephants this month. (laughs) I'm going to do 30 elephants and those are going to be across all the mediums that I have, but now I've limited myself to a topic. And so I think that that could be a fun thing to explore all the art supplies that I have, but at least limit myself in what I'm going to be working on so that it's not overwhelming that I could make anything with anything that I have. I love that idea. Of course, if I do it, it's going to be 30 nude women. So if you've enjoyed this discussion of our obsessive addiction, (laughs) please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. And join us in the Starter Society Facebook group and share with us what your favorite art supplies are. We'd love to see them and then try to resist from buying them ourselves. (laughs) We'll see you next week. See you next week. To learn more about the podcast, read today's show notes, and get links to all our favorite art supplies, go to startasociety.com slash art supplies.